Hey everybody, you're listening to Big Things with Zach Miko. On today's episode, I sit down with IMG Braun model, Namar Parchment. Now sit back, relax, and listen to the theme song. And welcome everyone back to Big Things with Zach Miko, and as always, I'm your host, Zach Miko. Thank you guys for being with me each and every Monday. I love this show, and I love all of you. We have a great show for you today. Uh, I actually get to talk to Namar Parchment, who uh, IMG Braun model. For those of you who know, I was the first IMG Braun model. Well, Namar was the second one that we signed. Namar's from London. He's amazing, and he has done so much to move the Braun male body positive movement forward become a good buddy of mine it was so fun to talk to him and you guys are gonna love it before we get into it i do want to give a bit of a trigger warning what some of the things i love about this show is that we just talk we have an honest conversation we see what happens and a lot of the times um what's happening in the time what's happening in society while we are recording always comes into conversation so uh, we recorded this on the day of the uh, Christine Blaisley Ford and Brett Kavanaugh hearings. So, just so full trigger warning, of after about 10 minutes into the episode, for about a 15-minute portion, we do get very into uh, the Brett Kavanaugh situation and Christine Blaisley Ford uh, situation, where we discuss the hearings. Um, we do talk about sexual assault. We do talk about... Um, it, it just trigger warning for anyone who has issues. Talk, it's a very sensitive subject, and I don't want to upset anyone. So, if you don't want to hear me and um, Namar talk about uh, not just the Brett Kavanaugh situation, but also gun violence in America, we get very political for about a 15 minute period, about 10 minutes in. So, if it's feeling uncomfortable, just skip ahead another 15 minutes, and yes, please do. Anyway, that was big and rambling. So, without further ado. My interview with my good friend, Namar Parchment. Ladies and gentlemen, I am sitting with uh, Braun IMG model, Namar Parchment. What's Woo! going on, buddy? <laughs> Woo, welcome! <laughs> Hi, Braun, how are you? Braun in the house. I'm good. <laughs> um, so for those of you who don't know... Uh, who I am, which you should, because this is episode 37, so you <laughs> or 36, I don't know, what, it's, a, it's a bunch. Um, I was the first uh, brawn model with IMG Models, and Namar was the second one. Yep, yep, yep. You were number two. So yep. let's start from the very beginning. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, Namar, so you're from the UK. I am. Yep. Are you from London originally, or is it? My parents are from Jamaica. Okay. Um, culturally, yeah, Jamaica, but I grew up in London. Mm-hmm. So I'm black, Caribbean, British, mix. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. So, so you got signed by the London office. Yep, I did. So, did you grow up in London, or you? Yeah, I grew up. Okay, in, you did grow up in. London. Yeah, I grew up in South London. Um, I was born in. For those that actually know, 
London well. I was born in Camberwell in King's College Hospital. Grew up in Brixton, went to school in Brixton. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, grew up my whole life in London. Okay, I know not much. I've been to London only one once, only once. Oh, okay. I've flown into London a couple yeah, times yeah, and gone to other places. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Everyone always says that. Yeah, but I never actually, uh, I don't know it very well. So King's College, is that anywhere near King's Cross Station or am I making? No, Damn, South London. I'm so bad. Yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> They're like opposite parts of London. The only things I know <laughs> of London are like the main touristy parts. Yeah. Um, wherever I stayed which I don't even remember mm. where it was. And I have a buddy in Hackney. So that's really all oh, I yeah, know Hackney's about Oh, yeah, quite it. popular. Yeah, Hackney's yeah. Hackney's very popular. It was cool. I mean, apparently, it's an, it's new popular, he was saying. Yeah, so it, it, it recently got very gentrified and yeah, all the, yeah. like, the cool, artsy, quote marks, people like live there now. But it used to be like really rough. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I take it it's kind of like the Williamsburg in yeah, situation exactly. in the New York. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like the Williams. Hackney and Shoreditchy areas is kind of very similar to Williamsburg. Yeah. Very similar, yeah. It's so funny how, how that starts to happen with like gentrification. I don't understand where the money comes from. I think that's what I don't get. Mm. Because like it happens so quickly mm-hmm. and I don't understand <laughs> when they build the <laughs> Okay, so it's happening right now. Like I live in Astoria, yeah. which is um a very was when I first started living there, like just a very Greek, it was just all just Greek families. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's all it was. Now they're starting to like gentrify like crazy. And there's all these condos going up yeah. out of nowhere that cost just a crazy amount of money. Mm. And I have no idea where they're even finding people yeah. to move from. Yeah. Like what are they in. doing? Who's coming I don't here? Know. I think I feel like someone just sees potential in an area. Yeah. And it, all it takes is for like a certain type of person to move into the area and then the gentrification begins. Everyone always says it's like, it always starts with, um, you know, it'll be a lower income area. Mm-hmm. And then what happens is artists will start to move in because it's, it's cool. cheap. Yeah, it's cheap. cool, but it's also like they're conne- they feel connected yeah. to the culture. Yeah, 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 exactly that. So artists come in first mm. and then artists make it look nicer. Like mm-hmm. artists will start like painting murals yeah, yeah, and like yeah. cool coffee shops will open yeah. and whatnot. And then all of a sudden the... F- like white finance people just come yeah, driving and then the prices in. start rising up and all the people low income people that can't afford the new prices and the prices that are going up eventually have to move out the area yeah then it becomes fully gentrified and it's no longer what it initially was like what attracted everyone to it no absolutely um, yeah i feel like that's all happening all inner cities london new york i know all my New York friends are complaining about gentrification oh, it's so bad. and the prices of rent going up all the time. Oh, it's so crazy. Like I've right heard. now I'm paying way more rent than I ever wanted mm. to. <laughs> but like f- even for the area, it's, cr- mm. it's super cheap for where I am now. It yeah. wasn't four years ago. This would be if you if you found out I was paying this for yeah. rent even four years ago, I'd be laughed at. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Why are you it's spending ridiculous. this much money? There's a condo that just went up right next to my building. Like mm. I live in a townhouse that was split into a couple of different apartments yep. like you know as they do they mm-hmm. just take it and they splice <laughs> yeah. it up they're like how small can we yeah. make this and that triple the price of rent <laughs> exactly so i live in one of those and then right next to me there's a condo mm. where a two bedrooms forty five hundred dollars a month and i was like <laughs> not only that i'm like that to me i'm like those are like if I'm living in Tribeca, sure. But mm. like I'm living in Astoria, Queens. It's crazy. Who's spending that money? But I feel like because New York is the hub, New York is where a lot of people come to like make their dreams come true and uh, pursue yeah. their careers. Like these landlords and these people that are dealing with the rent, they know they can triple, put up the rent every year and people are going to pay it because you need to be in They've New York. They've just never had a problem with yeah. it. So it's like, yeah, every year it 
gets raised. People complain, but then everybody pays the rent. Yeah, everyone and no just one, runs like, away. moves out yeah. or anything. Like, like all of these cities, you know, the populations are just gro- New mm-hmm. York's just getting bigger. London's mm-hmm. just getting bigger. Mm-hmm. L.A. and San Francisco are just getting bigger. Because mm-hmm. I know London's also one of, like, the most expensive places yeah. to live. Yeah, um, ap- apparently so, yeah. It's one of the they most say. expensive. Yeah, they say. But coming to New York from London, I feel like m- New York might have the title... Because it's very expensive here. Everything's expensive. Yeah. And I just don't even think about it. When me and my wife went to, um, we went to Hawaii on our honeymoon, mm-hmm. nice. we were warned by everybody. Mm-hmm. We're like, it's so expensive there. You're mm-hmm. going to spend so much money mm-hmm. because it's an island and they have to import everything. It's yeah. so expensive. And then like, it was just the exact same price as New York City. Oh, okay. So, yeah, so, so for me and Laura, we're just like, this is just what yeah, things cost. This is this is normal. And all the people <laughs> from like Iowa are like, what are you talking about? Yeah. This is crazy. I'm like, no, this is. They're like seven dollars for a beer. I'm like, yeah, that's yeah, normal. that's great. New York has desensitized you. You're desensitized to all the high prices. I'm just used to like. I was talking this with a buddy. I'm like, man, if I was making like the modest amount of money that I make here, mm-hmm. and I lived anywhere else in the states you'd be, I'd be living I'd yeah, be so lavish. rich you would. But, in, but, in, <laughs> but in new york it's like no yeah. you're like lower middle like yeah, you're, yeah, yeah. you're doing fine yeah. your bills are paid but nothing if you were in like atlanta you'd be I able know. to get like a big house and have like a garden and i know i'm going to atlanta kind of this week oh and, nice and like i and my wife is from georgia yeah and she there's always that little back of our head maybe move to atlanta thing yeah and like it's so bad. I'll go on Zillow or like just Craigslist even just to look. And it's yeah. like, man, I can get like in the middle of the city, these beautiful townhouses with a garage for yeah. like less than what I'm paying mm. now. It's very un- unfortunate. Yeah. Agreed. <laughs> Agreed. Oh, man. But that's what happens with like, you know, the major hubs, especially fashion, that, like Definitely. fashion specifically. Like if you're I feel now there's a lot of people who live all over the country. Mm-hmm. But in the U.S., like if you want to try to make it in fashion, mm-hmm. it's like you have to be in New York. Yeah, There's you have really to. No other. There's no, and that's why they can get away with. So New York can get away with being super expensive, the yeah. rent being super high, it being super dirty. This isn't me just going off on New York. I love New York, but no, listen, I know. <laughs> we're like, gonna it's talk. Dirty, it's expensive. We're gonna talk all about that because I love it. Because I remember the first time you and I met. The first mm. thing I was like, "How do you like New York?" And you were like shell shocked. You're like, "It's so." <laughs> it's interesting. You're like it's it's so interesting. Like okay, let, let's let's backtrack a little bit. So yeah, uh, you grew up in London. Do you have mm-hmm. brothers and sisters? Or? Yeah, I've got nine brothers and sisters. Well, that now. was not what I expected. Yeah, <laughs> there's loads of us. There's awesome. a whole gang of us. Yeah. That's good. My mom was one of. Are you one of nine or are you one of ten? One of nine. Okay, perfect. One of yeah, nine. But there's yeah, nine yeah, total yeah. of you. My mom was one of seven, so oh, it's okay. like the Big same. Family. I know, and I feel like in general as a world we're moving away from big families yeah. which is a i guess a, in the grand scheme of things is a good thing environmentally because yeah. our country <laughs> just just our, our our world can't handle this yeah, many definitely. people making mm-hmm. this much waste on yeah, it yeah, yeah. but like i don't know there's something nice about it like i love family gatherings there's like 50 yeah, people in the house it's same. nice i really like that I think people can't afford to have these big families anymore. Like, oh, we can't. The like, prices of houses were a lot cheaper back in the day. Like yeah. when my parents were younger, my grandparents, so they could afford to like buy a house and still. And be, they like, could also get stable. a house when they were like twenty-two years old. So yeah, to start a family. Whereas, like, me and my wife are like, I'm twenty-nine, and she's mm. in her thirties, and like, <laughs> we don't have a house. Yeah, yet. It's, it's like it's really hard. And it, so it's kind of like everything's just like delayed, and yeah, then like definitely. just biologically, it's like almost. 
it's almost like we, we I would I can tell you right now like if Laura and I started having kids we don't have time to make it to nine yeah, unless yeah. we do like an octomom sort yeah. of thing <laughs> all in one go <laughs> which is which is also which is a different level of yeah, crazy yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh man so um so what's going to school like in South London <sighs> school was very interesting um, in yeah. South London um. I guess every school is different. I can only really speak, speak about my school. Totally. Um, it was very intense. I think it was quite rough. Uh-huh. Um, I remember every day outside school, we'd have police officers outside our school, making sure everything was all right. Um, yeah, it was intense. It, it was rough. I think, I think you still had the same just typical secondary school slash high school trials yeah. and tribulations. Like people getting bullied for not wearing the right kind of trainers or just, oh, totally. just fit, silly yeah. things like that. But um I think for me, because I've always been like a very outspoken person and uh-huh. kind of true to myself. So I think in secondary school, that kind of worked both ways for me. So secondary um, school, just just for listeners, is like the equivalent of high school yeah. in the U.S. Yeah, 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 equivalent to high school. We all add, we'll be going through what is said differently in the U.K. Yeah, and the I'm U.S. Sorry. A bunch I'm no, 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 no. <laughs> I'm going to be saying a lot of things. Don't be sorry. I think it's very interesting because mm. like, I remember the first time someone told me they're like oh that's a nice jumper you got on Mm -hmm. and in uh the u.s a jumper is like this weird like dress shirt combo that like little kids wear to catholic school okay so like (laughs) interesting and then someone just told me no it's like a sweater i was like yeah cool anyway so so it's kind of like it's the equivalent of like a u.s inner city school yeah definitely yeah um so yeah i went to that public school. Yeah. Um, but yeah, because I think I was very true to myself. Like, I was very authentic. I very I knew exactly who I was from a very young age. And I feel yeah. like that kind of worked both ways for me. Like, I had teachers and stuff that would love me and, like, pupils that would love me. But then on the other side, I had a lot of people that just kind of just didn't like me for me being myself. I feel like back in the day, ex- I think back in the day, especially in South London, mm-hmm. as, like, a black gay guy, that in school, obviously everyone's really young and no one really knows how to take it. Yeah. Um, so it was a very interesting experience for me, but um, I wouldn't change anything. I think it really helped me grow, really helped me find myself. And it was a good experience. It was character building. Yeah. No, and, 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 and character building is a good thing, but I, of, I often think I'm like, I really hope our generation was the last one that has to go through mm. like that level of mm. like school torture. Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. Just by your peers. I hope so. At least, I mean... <laughs> They'll always find something to make fun yeah, of. Yeah, that's the thing. It's but just I'm hoping kids. like race and sexuality and like body type are off the table. Yeah, no, definitely. And we can just make fun of each other for like what Pokemon the other person doesn't yeah. have. <laughs> yeah, it's <laughs> like, true. Like we just but I think I think a lot of these things, a lot of these prejudices and feelings towards these like different groups of people are taught like no kid oh, totally. or no child is just like born racist or etc. No, they would never know. Like, so even though I agree with you and I hope that this, that our generation is like the last generation to deal with it, but I kind of feel like you need to deal with the generation, like our generation in order to make yeah. sure and I that fit. these things aren't passed totally. on. Totally. And as a, as a whole, mm-hmm. like on average, our generation is much more accepting, much more progressive, mm-hmm. much more stuff like that. But as we found out in the United States, there's still a good old chunk of people yeah, who definitely. totally aren't. Yeah. And everyone always it's tries crazy, to blame. Yeah. And it, it's crazy because everyone always tries to blame it on the older generation, mm-hmm. which is true. It's mm-hmm. mostly Trump got elected mostly mm-hmm. because of people f- like 45, 50 and older. Yeah. 
Um, but there's a shocking amount of young people who yeah. are so into yeah. him that it's kind of like, no, it's still here. It's, yeah. it's and, and it's the sad fact that's like these, uh, these different ways of these like bigoted ways of thinking will always be yeah. here. And what our country is showing right now is that it's kind of been released <laughs> where it used to be like, you know, yeah, you, you're a racist and yeah, a homophobe yeah. and a misogynist, but keep that shit to yourself because yeah, yeah, yeah. you're going to get driven. Mm-hmm. Like, like we're not going to take that. And mm-hmm. lately in the last couple of years, it's been emboldened where all of a sudden you're allowed to be an outward Nazi. Yeah. And you're yeah, just like, it's how crazy. is this okay? It's crazy. I think, is this in happening the, in the UK too? Because I know because we only the only thing in the US we can relate it to is mm. we were watching like the whole Brexit debates. Yeah, and a bunch of racists yeah, coming out of the works yeah. for Brexit. Um, I would say it's similar in regards to kind of just like the context and the whole kind of race relations thing, but I I'd say that it's a lot more heightened here. I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, even like the other day on set, like there was like a big like hour long conversation. Everyone was talking about like race, politics and stuff. Yeah. I think it, with Brexit, I think with Brexit now, well, I hope everyone's kind of realized their mistake. Like they realized that we shouldn't leave the EU because a lot yeah. of people voted, a lot of people voted based on that propaganda. Um, of that the immigrants were coming yeah, in. Yeah, taking, taking people's jobs, jobs which and is things like, like that. Tale as old as time. Like yeah, that's definitely. always what people go for. Yeah, that's it's the go to. Yeah. And um a lot of people kind of fed into that and obviously we voted to leave the EU, but I think what the main issue was for me with the whole Brexit EU thing is that we were voting on leaving the EU without knowing how this was actually gonna affect us. Like people were so quick to be like, Let's leave the EU. Yeah. They didn't do what they were meant to do when we signed up for them. Oh, foreign people are coming in and taking our jobs. Like we want it to be British. Da, 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 da. But you guys have now said you want to leave the EU and you don't know how that's going to affect you in the long term. Now yeah. they're like struggling at the moment to decide on the terms and conditions of us leaving the EU. It's like we should have known the terms and conditions and then voted. Um, but I do think with the whole Brexit thing happening, a lot of racist people did kind of come out the woodwork and they were a bit more brazen with their um, thoughts and beliefs. Yeah. Um, but the, saying that, I feel like it was, I don't know how much how much London was affected with that. Because again, similar, London's like New York. And then similar in New York City. Yeah. It's, it's more like us, I'm, I'm watching things happen and mm. when I like, you know, go visit, say, safe, honestly, states like down south or in mm. the Midwest or whatnot, yeah. I see it more yeah, brazenly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But not even just that. Mm. I can go an hour upstate New York mm. and I see it. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. like it, it's it's kind of like when we're in these large city centers mm-hmm. it's almost like we're insulated from it but we're insulated definitely. from it cuz are there racists in New York City and London? Absolutely. Yeah, definitely. There's terrible people mm-hmm. everywhere but as a culture as a whole I always think everyone should spend the time and I'm not I love the idea of country life and going out. Yeah, and having, definitely. Same. But I was like, everyone should have to live in a city for a couple of years because mm. I feel like that's where you learn how to deal with people who aren't your, who aren't you. Like that's yeah, how definitely. you learn how to deal with people of different races, different cultures, mm-hmm. different everything. Yeah. And it's like, no, 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 you don't have a choice. You yeah, can not yeah, like yeah. these people. This is our society. Yeah, you have you to have work to within them. Yeah. You it's true. like, and, and that's, I used to be when I was younger, mm. very conservative, mm-hmm. but it was just because it was, you know, the area I was raised in yeah. was very 
hometown oriented mm-hmm. yeah. and that seems to happen mm-hmm. in that like uh, it was funny because like we we're very socially liberal yeah um you know i i did musical theater from when yeah. i was a young okay, kid yeah. so it's like <laughs> weird so my parents were all like yeah we we're all very socially yeah. liberal everyone was fine you never had any issues on like social standings mm. but still you know my it's like old school republicanism yeah. which is now dead it's a good <laughs> that's not a thing yeah. anymore was still very ingrained in mm-hmm. me until I moved to the city. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I have to be around other people. Yeah, this is how definitely. society yeah, works. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think when you are brought outside when you brought when you are brought up outside of like city centers and stuff, you kind yeah. of are awarded the luxury of not having to like really mingle and having to like get to know people of other like races and yeah. religions and stuff like that. And I feel like I was very lucky to grow up in London, like seeing like seeing people of different races and different totally. just was was nothing to me. Like even in like my apartment building in London, like I'm a black Caribbean British guy and my, uh, my neighbors um Congolese and my other neighbors are like, Asian and yeah. I've got a uh, white British guy. Like I'm just so used to being around all these different people. And as you said, I feel like we are in a in when you live in inner city places like New York and London, you are in your own little bubble, like your own little melting pot of all these different cultures and you kinda yeah you kind of don't realize how these places outside of these inner cities are operating because you're so used to just mingling with all these other people. You don't all really the realize. Time. Yeah. Like when the whole Brexit thing happened at first, I was like, it's fine. It's not going to happen. Like everyone I've spoken to, like no one wants us to leave. Like everyone I've spoken to is against it. It's going to totally. be fine. But then I realized I'm in this melting pot of like different cultures and everyone's a bit more liberal and free thinking. Whereas these people outside of London who are just used to seeing white British people every day and just dealing with that and they see yeah. foreign people as bad, they don't have the same views as us. Yeah, no, and, and it's, 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 it's something you have to remember because like I've been having a hard time dealing with talking to people who, who think and act on what I think are horrible, bigoted mm-hmm. thoughts. Yeah. And, and it's almost like the only way I can ever find a common ground to actually have a discussion mm-hmm. about it is remember like they've never experienced mm-hmm. any of the only things these insulated groups of people think about when they see another culture is something mm-hmm. terrible happening on Fox news. Mm-hmm. And that's all they know yeah. of that culture. Mm-hmm. That's why there are so many, um, you know, like very rural Americans are so terrified mm-hmm. of Muslim people and they've never met a Muslim person yeah. in their yeah. life. Whereas like I was a little lucky with that cause I grew up in Connecticut. Yeah. So we're only about an hour and a half outside of New York. Okay, so well. even though, um, you know, even though my, my town was mostly white and mostly, mm. but we had synagogues and mosques and like, yeah. we had like, there were still people of other mm. cultures living around yeah. us. So I never had like any sort of like a racist thought was never yeah, part yeah. of my psyche growing mm-hmm. up because I was already living with yeah, other cultures. Yeah, yeah. So, and so it was easier for yeah. me. And I have to remember like my wife didn't meet a Jewish person until she moved to mm. New York City. Wow, that's crazy. And like I think like, to me, I was like, I don't even think of a Jewish person as a minority. Yeah, that's like yeah. that's just another crazy. segment of white guys. Yeah, <laughs> so it's true. Like, but then I feel like kind of linking this back, I feel like this is why like fair representation and diversity and all these things are important because as you said, these people outside of these inner city places are seeing things like Fox News and these yeah. news outlets who clearly have like their own agenda and their own way that they want stories and things to be portrayed and in order to get that reaction from these people outside. So people like things need to be reported fairly, there needs yeah. to be representation, there needs to be diversity and just people just agendas need to be taken away because a lot of news outlets have their own agendas on how 
they want certain groups of people to be portrayed. Totally. Well, the whole it's as a culture, not just in the U.S., but mm. as a world, we need to get away from the idea of white, straight, cisgendered male point mm-hmm. of views being mm-hmm. the only thing Agreed. represented because mm-hmm. there's so it's almost like everything's being told through that lens. Yeah. Like just before we met, we're recording this on Thursday. Mm-hmm. Um, I was watching the um, Christine Brassley Ford. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if any, if you know about this. So in the Supreme Court, this mm-hmm. guy, Brett Kavanaugh, he's being nominated. Oh, I I um, he uh, had a habit of uh, sexually assaulting people yeah. when he was younger. Yeah. And this woman's coming forward mm-hmm. saying, well, she's accusing yeah, and I'll do my. She's accusing him mm-hmm. of sexually assaulting her as a teenager. Yeah. Since then, three other women have mm-hmm. come forward, being yeah. like, "Yeah, he, he did this." Yeah, and she's saying, "How can a man who who's done this mm-hmm. be elected to the highest court in mm-hmm. the land?" Um, and this kind of like white male heteronormative idea that's coming out and they're Mm -hmm. like well we need due process she can't just be accused Mm -hmm. which i understand yes you have to go through due process Mm -hmm. but the whole all of the coverage is about how this is affecting brett kavanaugh Mm -hmm. all of the the victim all of the coverage is like we're just ruining a man's life over Mm -hmm. something that happened 30 40 years Mm -hmm. ago and you're kind of like what about the woman he assaulted whose life literally was ruined and has been ruined for 30 40 years and it's I, I've I've just been noticing more and more how many, how much like news stories and stuff is told from that perspective. They're like, well, now this is dangerous. Now any guy can be accused of anything, and he has no recourse. Yeah. And you're like, but that's not the way of thinking. Like, mm. you can't go right to the guy as the victim. No, you can't. Because will people make false accusations? Probably. We live mm-hmm. in a shitty society yep. where people will make false accusations mm-hmm. to be petty or yeah. vindictive or whatever. But you need to take any accusation as truth until it's investigated mm-hmm. because so many women are just 99% of women don't report sexual yeah. assault. That's, inc- yeah, that's crazy, crazy to me. I don't know a woman in my personal life who hasn't been assaulted at one point. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, that, yeah, it's crazy. I remember I had a, like a slumber party thing with loads of my friends and everyone was kind of just talking about how like a lot of the girls were just talking about how they get harassed by guys on a daily basis. And I feel yeah. like, I feel like the way that a lot of guys are brought up in the society, they're kind of taught that they kind of own women to a degree. Like they can do certain things to women and it's all right because women are deemed as the property, um, which I is know. a terrible way to think, but I feel like it's, it's society. But going back to what you said about the Kavanaugh guy, um, I do feel like race plays a massive part in that. You've seen people yeah. like Bill Cosby, he 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 literally just got sent to prison. He's gonna be doing, I think, three to ten years. Um, he obviously did bad stuff and he's pay, he's paying he's gonna go to prison and pay his dues. He, and stuff, he's paying exactly what he should be paying for his crimes. Mm. The difference is white guys do the same crimes yeah, all, all the, the time, time. and, and nothing happens like you've got like Harvey Weinstein you've got all these other people the Kavanaugh guy is about to be you said elected into one of the highest courts the the highest the court. highest the Supreme Court it, it's like it's it they decide everything yeah they're, they're the, the see, highest court in the land yeah so see I feel like I, I don't know if this is just an American thing or, or maybe it's just the Western thing I'm not 100% sure but I feel like white especially like white cis males can 
wreak havoc and do all these crazy things like abusing women and mm-hmm. and the careers are still in in fine you're all right you've got someone like say a charlie sheen who was in the news for like sleeping with people when he knew he had hiv you've got harvey weinstein yeah. who's like loads of people have come forward and said this guy sexually abused me and he's still got his money he's still like yeah. he's having to maybe go to like rehabilitation sessions i've heard it's like no these exactly guys he's going to rehab things. he's not going to prison yet luckily with harvey weinstein i I don't even know if it's true, but I've heard rumors mm. that at least the New York state uh, prosecutor is, mm. is pursuing. Yeah, 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 to, yeah, But it's like one of those things where he should have been brought up on charges yeah. but then a you've decade got, ago. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> but then you've like got someone like Bill Cosby who has been put through the proper channels, who's been trialed, who all his accusers mm-hmm. have been taken to court and they've all had the opportunity to tell their story and he's going to prison for what he'd done. But it's like these guys have all all committed crimes mm-hmm. of the same level of the same level they're both all disgusting they're all terrible all of them should face some kind of crimes it's mm-hmm. it's just a bit ter- it's terrible that no, it's not terrible it's unfair is unfair the right word it's unfair that the system isn't trying these people for the, their crimes equally no and, and, and you're a hundred percent right yeah i mean there are in at least in the u.s you see the 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 disparage in sentencing mm-hmm. for the exact same crime mm-hmm. based on race is huge. Yeah, it heard. is crazy. You have people going to jail for, you know, uh, if, a, if a young white man, mm. it like, you know, say even a teenager, say 17. Yeah. If a young white teenager is caught with marijuana, mm-hmm. um, boys will be boys, yeah, slap yeah, on the wrist, yeah. he gets probation, he doesn't mm-hmm. do anything. If a young black man is caught with marijuana, he's doing mandatory yeah, time. It's crazy. Like right away. It's crazy. And it's, some of the examples I've been seeing online are just, it's really, mm-hmm. really sad. Like take Brock Turner, for mm-hmm. example. Brock Turner was a, a guy who, um, a young 17-year-old. Mm-hmm. No, he was 19. He, anyway, he went to school at Stanford yeah. who was caught mm-hmm. in the act raping an unconscious woman. Mm-hmm. Like he, it, it, horrific. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And his sentence, he was sentenced to only three months in jail when he was literally caught raping her. Terrible. Because of it was the judge said it would ruin his future. Which I think I heard about. Which this. is nuts. Which is crazy because and they go right and I'm just like this. What do you mean? What about the future of the woman? Yeah, he raped? it's true. That's what happened. It's true, and it's, it's it's the fact that the judge even has like how do you empathize with someone that's been caught raping? That court raping someone like the it's fact because that you they care see about his future. It's because these older white men see mm. themselves in it. It's the whole Brett yeah. Kavanaugh thing. They're like, boys will be boys. They were drunk at a party, mm. which is fucking disgusting. Yeah. And that ideal, like the fact with this Brett Kavanaugh thing, everything they're saying is mm. them just going like, well, we were all teenagers yeah, once, yeah, blah, yeah. blah, blah. And you're like, That's I never raped excuse. anyone yeah. when I was a teenager. That's not an excuse. <laughs> Most oh. of the guys I know didn't rape anyone. Yeah. And it also comes from a. <laughs> It also no, it's true, <laughs> and it's almost like that has to be said sometimes. Like yeah. most dudes don't end yeah. up doing it, but the people who do it so often they get away with mm. it, and a lot of the times it's wealthy people. Mm. I think race plays a huge part, but class also plays yeah, almost definitely. an even bigger part. Brock Turner was going to Stanford University, mm. and a incredibly rich school mm-hmm. with an incredible. And he was on the swim team with his incredibly rich parents. Yeah. Brett Kavanaugh was going to a 
rich all white boy mm. prep school mm. so they get away with it whereas yeah. people in the system who don't have the money or the name yeah. or whatever are just shuffled right away yeah it's terrible it's the same thing have you ever watched um 13 reasons why on Netflix? no i haven't the same thing happened um this guy was raping people and he was like the jock, like the popular guy, super rich, and he got away with all his crimes. I think he was just like sentenced to like probation or something ridiculous. Oh, wow. Um, but it, it's, it's sad because like we're saying, we're like pulling out all these statistics and talking about all these examples, but I thought to like a certain degree, like I'm desensitized, like, like hair and stuff that. like that. It's yeah. just like, oh, like. I know. Well, it's one, uh, 10 years ago, what was considered a scandal is now just the news every the norm. day. And it's and it's it's awful, and that's why we have to stay loud. We have to stay out there. People need to keep coming out with these things. Just like like sec- like this isn't normal. Mm. We shouldn't. I know we, we've become desensitized because we hear about these horrible the things time. happening every day. But it's like I want to be as loud and hysterical about these things yeah, happening definitely. as I can right now. Yeah. So my future children mm, don't, don't have hopefully to ha- don't have to deal with this. That's true. Because it's. You're right. We've become desensitized. Yeah. And we shouldn't be. Yeah, we shouldn't this shouldn't be. be thing. I got to the point the last time I met, like, in the U.S. versus the U.K., we have mm. a huge issue with mass shootings all the time. Yeah. And I remember the last one happened, and I, like, almost didn't blink. I was like, oh, that's, that's a shame. Where it used to be, like... It used to be uproar, like, wow, like, these people have just... It's crazy. We had the same discussion on set, and obviously in the U.K., guns aren't legal. There's no... Yeah. There's no... um right to bear arms in the UK. Um, So seeing all these shootings and all these mass shootings, especially happening in schools, like the amount that I've seen from London that's happened in America has made me think like, wow, there's an issue. So I don't understand how all these mass shootings can happen in these places like schools and gun laws aren't being addressed. Like it's crazy. Like the next generation are being killed. Like you're having to supply kids with like bulletproof um, backpacks. I couldn't imagine having to like speak to like my niece or my nephew about yeah. sh- my shooting procedure, like what to do, like hide under the dead. Dr- they have drills in it's school. It's crazy. Now. When I was in school, we had our first mass shooting drill. Because when I was still in school, um, Columbine happened, which mm-hmm. was the first yeah. big one mm-hmm. that kind of changed it all. And after Columbine happened, school shootings became mm-hmm. rampant. So I was in high school at the time, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, and we started we had a mass shooting it's drill terrible. that we had to go through and like someone would come on the intercom and be like, Mr. Black is in the building and we'd have to be like, Oh, and that was like the code word for like hiding crazy to me. the time. It was That's awful. Crazy. I feel like, cle- like rather than trying to equip people and children with the skills on how to avoid getting shot, like this is clearly showing you that the country as a whole is not responsible with guns. So you need yeah. to focus on the people that, are owning the guns and doing the shooting rather than trying to equip people with the skills to avoid getting shot. That's the biggest debate in the U.S. Mm-hmm. is, so in the U.S., I like me personally, mm-hmm. I am was very much into um, the founding of our country. I mm-hmm. think it's so interesting. I think the Revolutionary War. Sorry, mm-hmm. British person, but <laughs> <laughs> but um, but no, I, I'm was very interested in the, mm-hmm. it was the, the founding of the Constitution. Something that interested me greatly. Mm-hmm. And so the right to bear arms, I totally understand. The whole idea behind the right to bear arms was that, you know, in layman's terms was you have the right to have your own firearms Mm -hmm. in case the the 
government ever becomes tyrannical mm-hmm. again, us as citizens have the ability, mm-hmm. like we did in the Revolutionary mm-hmm. War, to arm ourselves, Protect create militias, mm-hmm. and fight back against yeah. a tyrannical government. Mm-hmm. That was the original idea. Yeah. Since then, it's been completely dissuaded. But also, I think the main thing is our founding fathers mm-hmm. didn't know a gun would ever exist that could pump out 60 bullets in, mm. a, in, in 30 seconds. Yeah. I, you know what I mean? It's, it's not, not a thing dead. that they knew could yeah. happen. So it's... I understand the idea behind the right to bear arms. Yeah. What a lot of the I, of people like me are trying to do mm. is advocate for what we call common sense gun laws. Mm-hmm. A lot of these, for example, like in the most recent Parkland shooting, mm-hmm. this kid had been flagged nine, 30 times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, you know, he was investigated by the FBI. Mm-hmm. We're saying <laughs> simple things. If you're on the FBI's watch list you shouldn't be able to get if gone. you are on a no flight list mm-hmm. because you're flagged as a potential terrorist mm. if you have a history of mental illness if you have a history of violent mm-hmm. mental illness specifically mm-hmm. if you have a history of domestic abuse if you've mm-hmm. been convicted as a felon yep. all these things were like okay that's when you lose yeah, your yeah, right. yeah. and the <laughs> vast majority you know 88 percent of the mm. country is like yeah that makes sense yeah, yeah, well, yeah. my whole thing is if you are a Personally, I believe if you are a law, I don't think you need it. I'll mm-hmm. say that. I don't think you need it. I don't, don't want it. Mm-hmm. But if you are a completely law-abiding, safe citizen, mm-hmm. it is, in our country, your right to have yeah, a gun. Yeah, definitely. But you have these guys that are committing mass shootings who have mm-hmm. been put into psychiatric care, who mm-hmm. have been like, that's... Yeah. You, we, all we're asking is that. And for some reason, there's people just being like, well, no, that's the start of it. You yeah. can't restrict them in mm-hmm. any way. And you're mm-hmm. like... That's but you need to because clearly people aren't responsible with that. Like the fact, it's crazy to me that you can go into like, not in New York, of course, but you can go into like a Target and like get a gun or like a Walmart, I think it is. Walmart, get a gun. yeah. I was like, I don't think Target Oh, sorry. Sorry, my bad. <laughs> but like I know a, Walmart a store. does. No, 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 absolutely. Yeah. And, and it's it's rough yeah, and, it's and it's rough to think about and again i live in a city we don't have that and i understand people who own guns for hunting mm-hmm. i understand who people who own guns for sport mm-hmm. i was in the boy scouts and i had my like rifle merit badge mm-hmm. and whatnot it's fun as hell <laughs> to shoot like it's yeah. fun I, i'm with you, yeah. you can, i think that's enough of a reason like yeah, yeah this is fun mm-hmm. but you are a law-abiding no criminal records mm-hmm. you know no mental health yeah. issue citizen you're allowed to have yeah. it and the idea that also, it's the, the thing is, like, a lot of the common sense gun laws, we're trying to fight, like, okay, no fully automatic weapons. And they're like, no, 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 we need that. I'm like, why would you need to yeah. put out that many rounds, like 400 in rounds in a minute? Mm. Why do you need to do that? Yeah. Why do you need a magazine that holds 45 rounds mm. of ammunition? Why would you need that? Like, mm. it, that's not for sport. Yeah. That's not for fun. Yeah. That's not for self-protection. Serious. If that's for self-protection... Your house is being descended on by a literal army yeah, of people. Yeah, it's what? true. It's <laughs> true. It's crazy. It, it, it's it's so hard for me to wrap my head around. And it's like, you know, there's so many arguments by that side. They're like, mm-hmm. oh, well, you know, there's so many these deaths by cars. More people mm. are killed by cars than guns in a year. How come we aren't regulating cars? Yeah. And I'm like, we are. You have to have a driver's license. Yeah. <laughs> you have to buy private insurance yeah. on it. I was like, I'm fine with that. How about yeah, that? Let's yeah. go to that method. You get a gun. You have to take an aptitude test. Mm-hmm. You have to take a written and a practical test mm-hmm. to get your gun license. Mm-hmm. And then you have to buy insurance on your gun yeah. that um, to protect anyone who's been hurt by mm-hmm. your weapon. 
and you have to re-register every mm. two years. I was mm. like, why don't we do, treat them exactly yeah. like cars? I get you. I think because I'm from London and just the UK, I think I'm just anti-guns. Oh, yeah. But I get no, obviously, and I think. Is, and, and I personally am too. Mm. But it's like, I just know in my country, I'm just yeah. like. But what I. It, it's it it's more in weaved. I believe yeah. guns is more in in weaved in like the American culture. So it's like, also the yeah. frontier culture is like America was founded on landing here and f- for better or worse, conquering a land. So it's that cowboy ideal, that frontiersman yeah. ideal where you need a gun to go into the mm-hmm. wilderness and do your thing and enslave and genocide native people, which is another story. Yeah. <laughs> it's done a lot of bad shit. Yeah. And it's like, but that was the whole idea. That's why it's become so ingrained in our culture mm. from the very beginning. It's because yeah. we were founded by these rough men who had to conquer. Mm. And it, I think it's still very fresh in mm-hmm. our ideal. Whereas, I mean, England did that too, mm-hmm. but not in their home. Like England itself, the landmass of England has mm. been England for a very, very yeah. long time. Mm-hmm. So it's like, I feel like that ideal. Yeah. And you guys conquered it when there were no guns so yeah true so i mean it, it's i i understand why it's part of our culture mm. and i understand all that but it's like people are dying at an alarming yeah. rate and needs to be regulated one of my, a girl that went to high school at the same time me in my hometown she mm. didn't go to my high school but she went to the other high school and we had mm. a lot of mutual friends Her name is victoria soto and yeah. she was killed during the sandy hook shootings because she was a teacher at that school terrible and it's 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 terrible. Oh, it's rough. Let's get lighter. Yeah. Uh, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about deep. that. It did get deep. That's why I like this show, though. It's like, y'all thought we were talking about fashion. <laughs> Didn't you? Yeah. Also, let's go. Oh, shake that off. Yeah. Go back. <laughs> Life's depressing, but it, I it think is. it was interesting. And I did want to talk to you about that because mm. it's like, you know, going from the u.s to the uk mm-hmm. it's an entirely different idea the fact that i even have to qualify it with like well it's enshrined in our constitution yeah, it's like yeah, yeah. i understand that but it's mm. like in the rest of the world they're like no no just no just guns no, just yeah. don't do that yeah that's what true oh uh, anyway yeah back to growing up in south london <laughs> uh, yeah <laughs> so when you were going to high school yep um or secondary school mm-hmm. they call when did an interest in fashion start to become part of your life um, way before secondary school, um, I remember in primary school. So, me and my sister, me and my like my sisters, growing up, we were very like into books. We would go mm-hmm. to the library all the time. We weren't really like the kind of kids to be in front of the TV. And I remember being in primary school, which I think is you guys' ele- elementary school. When primary, yeah, yeah, elementary or grammar. Oh, okay. We fucking up. Elementary <laughs> is like is like is like kindergarten through six, mm-hmm. but then some people have grammar school, which mm-hmm. is like K through eight, and it okay. goes up to eighth grade, and then high school is, I think, pretty much always nine through okay twelve. I don't know. It okay. changes. Yeah. So I remember when I was in um primary school, I would like go to the library and I'd read all like these fashion books and I'd like sketch out my own like little designs. Yeah. Um, so it kind of started there. Then obviously I went to school and I always, always, anyone that went to school with me will know I always used to get in trouble for not wearing uniform because in, oh, yeah. in London you have to wear uniform yeah. and I would always, um, I'd always kind of like try and jazz it up like with like my own like shoes that I couldn't wear or like instead of wearing a blazer, I'd wear like a Zara cardigan and <laughs> I had like, I always used to jazz it up and the teachers used to be annoyed with me. Yeah. 
um because i always just used to do my own thing and i just didn't care about the rules in regards to like the clothes i had to wear um and then i went on to study at london college of fashion and that's kind of where it really blossomed for me i really kind of understood the industry i wanted to be a buyer like that's all i wanted to do i wanted to be a buyer i went to school i went to um college for it um yeah and that's really where it grew and then yeah i got a few jobs doing buying now what is I, I mean, I hear the terms all the time working mm-hmm. in the industry, mm-hmm. but I don't exactly know what a buyer does. And my listeners probably also don't. So a buyer um, or like the buying team, yeah, they're basically the people that decide what the brand sells. Um, they're the people that research the trends, research mm-hmm. what's going to be the next big thing. And then they buy it and bring it to you for the upcoming season. So that's what I did that. I did that for a few big companies in the UK and it was really interesting. I remember Rachel from Friends was a buyer and I yeah, used to love no, Friends. Yeah, I think that, that's what I'm saying is I think that's what like <coughs> at least my generation knows yeah. of what a buyer is, is that's <laughs> yeah, what yeah. Rachel was. Rachel so. from Friends. Um, yeah, I think, was that where I found out what a buyer was? I can't remember, but yeah, I remember I used to love Friends. And Buyers I are essentially buying. the people that decide what fashion yeah, is for yeah. that season. Basically, they try. Sometimes they get it wrong. The designers decide, and then the buyers kind of decide what gets to the consumer. Yeah, it, yeah. It, it's it's really hard because as a buyer, you have to have, or like be working and buying in general, you kind of have to have your commercial eye to understand what is going to sell to the masses. But at the same time, you still want to be fashion. You still yeah. want to give people like some exciting new stuff. You don't just want to be boring, but then you also have to, because you're, you're working with real life money, like real big budgets. Like you can't just be spending loads of money on like a fashion piece. You have to yeah. be commercial at the same time as well as being like experimental. And I think that sometimes I remember the de- designers and buyers used to butt heads sometimes because designers wanted to go like fashion and avant-garde and like try out some new stuff. And the buyer's like, okay, that's good, but we're not going to sell as many units of that. Yeah. But yeah, that was interesting. That was a, I really enjoyed buying. That's really cool. Do you feel like that's helped your... Now that you've gotten into modeling, do that's helped in any way, shape, um, or form? No. I was gonna say. I was like, I, <laughs> it's one of those. That's the interesting thing no. about fashion. There's a lot of. There's so many different jobs in the industry, yeah. and some of them don't cross yeah. over like at all. I think that's why I now don't really didn't was only like I had a vague idea of what buyers yeah. do because I've. They I've don't. met them, yeah. but, like, I don't know why. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> why do you want to talk to me? Exactly. Um, yeah, no, I think doing buying hasn't really helped me with modeling. I think, what ha- I think in regards to communication and talking to people, I think working in an office, a nine-to-five situation yeah. really helped me. Um, I remember my first, because I'm, like, su- anyone that knows me knows I'm, like, super outspoken. I say what's on my mind. And sometimes it doesn't always need to be said. I remember transitioning from going to uni into my first nine to five job and I didn't really have I didn't really have the skills to kind of maneuver in a nine to five environment and know how to talk to people appropriately and I didn't really know that you can't just be saying what's on your mind all the time at, yeah. at, at like work like there's a time and a place so I think working in the nine to five and working in buying really helped me with that and you definitely need that when you're modeling because you don't want to annoy anyone or oh I know I always yeah. wait for Especially like you and I just had a, a very in-depth 
like political talk <laughs> and I always wait for someone on set that isn't me to say mm-hmm. the first thing mm-hmm. <laughs> like I'll never broach those subjects but I'm more than happy where like exactly as you said like you're stuck it's raining so you're stuck in the RV yeah the day. you're like oh we're talking about this <laughs> yeah. great I'll, yeah. I'll happily talk about yeah. this but yeah, as a model, you kind of have to be like, yeah. Okay, you guys broach the subject. Yeah, then I'll throw my two but cents I do in. think like I'm really happy, and especially with an agency like IMG, who yeah. kind of advocate people talking and speaking their mind. Oh, absolutely. I think times are changing. You've got loads of models that are kind of speaking up on injustices and just saying how they feel without fear of repercussion. Because I kind of feel like nowadays, like people, especially as a model, people want you to have an opinion. People want you to stand for something. They don't just want you to be just like a, a no, clothes hanger no, no, I can no. just wear clothes and take good pictures so I think I'm, I'm happy times are changing now that we can kind of have these open dialogues and speak about these things without fear of not getting booked again or yeah. being too outspoken like I think times are changing I think so definitely yeah. so when so what was your first the first time I knew about you mm-hmm. in the modeling world before IMG signed you mm-hmm. was for ASUS mm-hmm. it was the first time I ever saw you yeah. what was your first like how did how did modeling begin? So I used to do buying for ASOS. Okay. Um, <laughs> I used to do buying for ASOS and they, how did it start? Okay. So initially I was at an ASOS Adidas party uh-huh. and we were just chilling, having fun, whatever. And I got, like, I'm a, I, I talked to everyone, like I'm a talker. I started talking to this guy and um, he was like, oh, I'm shooting this like campaign for ASOS. Like, I think you'd be perfect for it. And I was like, oh my gosh, I work at ASOS. We had never met each other, <laughs> blah, blah, blah. I thought he was just like drunk, like just, yeah, yeah, yeah. just talking, whatever. Blah, blah. Um, and then that, that conversation happened, weeks passed, whatever. And I remember one day I was at my desk and um, one of like the model bookers came up to me and were like, oh, um, they want to see you on fifth floor. Then I went upstairs, like, this is the guy I've been talking about. I've been trying to find him all over the building. Da-da, we want him for our Christmas campaign. Um, and then, yeah, I shot the Christmas campaign for ASOS. I think that was 2016, I want to mm-hmm. say. Um, that was my first job. And then, obviously, ASOS launched the whole uh, Men's Plus range. Which is awesome. Yeah, great. Love, Shout out to ASOS that for that. No, yeah. Um, ASOS is one of the first companies that got, got a lot of guys started doing... Um, you know, big and tall or brawn or men's plus or whatever, mm. where whatever you call it. We have too many yeah. names, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, Asus to me was one of the first brands mm-hmm. that was like super fashion forward yeah, about it. Definitely. Where guys got to wear cool yeah. things. Um, yeah. Shout out to Asus for doing that. Yeah. Um, they were my first client. Um, so yeah, they launched the, the plus size men's stuff online and I started doing that, but it, it kind of got a bit intense because I was working my nine to five job. And then I was still having to like take holiday to like shoot with them and do all these other things in order to shoot, and it just got a bit intense. So it's like you're you're taking, you're taking your holiday time from work to, to still work for yeah, ASUS. It, it, That's it was a little a ve- nuts. It was a very crazy time. Yeah. Um, and then obviously I started booking once people saw me on ASOS. I started mm-hmm. booking with other clients, and it just started getting too much. Like. I was having to like lie about being sick and stuff like that in oh order to like take days off. Um, Dude, I know. It was just getting crazy. So eventually I just said I have to quit. Um, I had an amazing manager, shout out Janine. Um, she said to me, she was just like, we love you here. You've done amazing. And if you want to come back, there's always a spot for you. But I think you really need to just quit and just see how far yeah. you can take modeling. And I, most managers, 
most managers wouldn't be supportive. I feel like most managers yeah. wouldn't kind of push you to kind of just see how far you can take it. And I always have like respect and love for her for that because as a manager, like she didn't she didn't need to care about what I was doing. She, all she needs to do is make sure I'm doing the job I'm being paid for. So for her to kind of put those words of encouragement in me and be like, you know what, if it doesn't work out, you've still got a spot with us yeah. was amazing. Absolutely. That's yeah. so nice. So um, so you start, you know, you're working with ASOS regularly. Yeah. You start um, booking other clients. Mm-hmm. How did how did IMG even come up? How was the eye caught there? Uh, okay. Because so I remember, so when I started working with them, we, um, yeah. Josh and I were both like, Josh is my man, is uh, the agent at um, IMG in New York. Mm-hmm. We were like, from the first thing, the first year I was working with them, like, all right, let's mm-hmm. just prove that we can, that people will pay for this. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. this. this mm-hmm. prove that. And then after we did that, like the second year, we were so actively looking for people mm. and you were like right away to the top, right away. Mm-hmm. Cause for one, cause it, so you met with the IMG in London mm-hmm. office first. Yep. Yeah. Um, so again, that's crazy. I feel like, it, yeah. So when I first started modeling, I said to myself, the only agency I want to sign with is IMG. I didn't want to sign with anybody else. I didn't, yeah, I really didn't want to sign with IMG. I knew IMG was one of the biggest, best agencies in the world. Yeah. Um, I wanted to sign with IMG. And I remember a lot of agencies were kind of reaching out at the beginning when I first started modeling. Like I, smaller agencies. Yeah, smaller agencies. Yeah. And I was reaching out to agencies as well because as soon as I started booking by myself, I was like, oh, I need to get an agency. Like, I need to get, like, I was so eager to get an agent. But I, yeah, I didn't end up following through with that. I decided to just chill and just kind of do my own thing for a year. But um, yeah, loads of agencies were reaching out to me and it none of them sat right with me. I just yeah. knew like, I want to sign with IMG. I want to sign with IMG. Totally. And Which then, is smart of you because yeah. it, it's the same thing happened to me. I had mm. other agencies reaching out and I was like, you know, agencies I'd never heard of and these yeah. smaller things. Because also when you first started, like and it was the same time because you started modeling around the same time I did, mm. and it's like no one knew that like brawn modeling would even be a thing. Yeah, definitely. So like these little agencies kind of coming at this were like maybe this is the best I can do, and I can make yeah. a couple bucks, yeah, 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 and I won't yeah. have to work as much. Mm-hmm. You know, it was almost like felt very side gig ish yeah. at the first. Mm-hmm. So you're like you're almost. I know I was like almost ready to sign with these small yeah, agencies because yeah, yeah. I didn't even know it mm. could get as big as yeah. it could. Um, yeah, that's kind of how I felt. Um, so I was kind of just, well, to be honest, if I'm being honest, I yeah, knew yeah. that I knew that I was going to sign with a big agency. I knew that when I started modeling, I, I knew that I would be able to to try and push this to be a career. I knew that it was a very new thing. Yeah. And I knew that being at the forefront of that would kind of help. Yeah, it would, r- yeah. would really help. And I remember I was about to sign with um, another big agency. I won't say the name, a really big agency. Um, they sent me the contracts, everything I was about to sign. And then I had a shoot at ASOS and I was talking to my friend Simon. And I was like, oh, like this big agency, you want to sign me? But I'm not sure like the agency I really want to sign with is with ING. He was like, oh, what, you want to sign with IMG? And I was like, yeah. He was like, okay, I've got a friend there. Let me call him. <laughs> he called up the friend, um, who's now my agent, Andrew. Shout out, Andrew. Yeah. Um, he called up the friend. Well, he called up Andrew and was like, I've got this guy in the mall. Duh, 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 duh. This other agency wants to sign him. Do you want to see him? Went up to IMG London, met with Andrew, and they just wanted to sign me on the spot. And yeah. 
Yeah, the rest that's is. That's so great. The rest is history. That's so awesome. Andrew's yeah. a great guy. Yeah, I love Andrew. I know. It's fun. It, it, it's really nice how the offices kind of work. Yeah, definitely. Back and forth. Yeah. I remember he made, but all, like, uh, IMG offices are interesting because they're, we're all the same company, mm. but they still kind of operate very but separately. Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. Like, I don't know about you. I had to sign separate contracts for mm-hmm. each. Like, I think yeah. I have contracts. I'm in, technically, I'm in IMG New York, LA, London, and Sydney, mm-hmm. I think. Oh, nice. And those are, like, my agencies, yeah, 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 I yeah. guess. Which I had is to sign funny. for London and New York. Yeah. Yeah. Which is funny because, like, they, they, they operate because I remember when Josh was like, oh, we're going to sign this guy, Namar. Mm-hmm. He's amazing. And, and he, I was like, Aww. oh, show me his picture. And then as soon as he showed me your picture, I was like, I know him. He's fucking great. I was Aww. like, I see him on ASOS all the time. <laughs> like, I was like, I was so excited. I'm like, yes, yeah. yes, yes. Because I also didn't want to be the only guy. Because I was, because, yeah. you know, I we believed. I'm like, no, this yeah. is. We're not just creating a couple of jobs. I was like, we're creating an industry. Yeah, definitely. And in the last three years, it's become its own industry. Yeah, definitely. And it's amazing that it's happened. Mm-hmm. Um, but I remember even then, he's like, all right, I'm thinking of signing him. And I was like, that's great. You should sign him. He's like, okay, he's already signed to London. I was like, wait. <laughs> wait, what? So that, so he is signed. Yeah. What are you telling me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, so I am, like, he already is yeah. signed. He's like, well, and he's like, we just, it's all like, <laughs> like. T T crossing and I. Yeah, it's (laughs) It's it's definitely that because I remember, um, and that was one of the reasons I always wanted to sign with IMG was because they had the agencies everywhere, and I knew being at the forefront with such a big agency could really be like a career changer. Oh yeah, really what I wanted. Absolutely. Um, (coughs) Sorry. No, no worries. I remember um, the week. Everything just literally fell into place. The week that I signed with IMG London, I think the week after I was flying out to New York. Yeah. for holiday and to go to a festival and then Andrew obviously set up a meeting with IMG New York and yeah, yeah. Um, I had that meeting and it went really well and then eventually I signed with IMG New York and it kind of just it kind of all just worked out me not signing with the smaller agencies me just kind of like hold like because I knew from the beginning I wanted to sign with IMG yeah so me just holding out for that it worked out in the end it is so it is so smart of you I almost did the exact same thing I almost mm. signed with couple smaller agents mm. in different districts just because it was the same thing i didn't think anything could happen i was just looking to me to me the idea was man if i could stop bartending that would be great. <laughs> yeah. that's all that's all my head yeah. was i had no idea how big it could be yeah, yeah, yeah so like i almost did the same thing i almost signed yeah. with these other agencies and i was like man if i had gotten the phone call a week later i, I would have like so. this whole thing like yeah. i just would, i would probably be back to bartending yeah, uh, i might have yeah. a couple gigs here and there yeah. but i would not my career would my career is the, what it is because of IMG. Yeah, definitely. And that's what's cool about being. I always tell a lot of guys who are always because I'm sure you have guys reach out to you all the time. All How the do time. I become a model? How Stop do I guys. do this? Stop messaging me. No, I'm joking. Uh, no, I'm, no, joking. No, I'm, I'm joking. I know, but it's hard because it's kind of like no, I want to help you, but mm. like. A lot of people online, they're like, "Can you introduce me to your agent?" I was like, mm. "I don't know you, yeah, man. No, true. you need to you need to put you. in some work." Yeah, I've vouched for so few people, mm. like, and it, it takes a lot for me to vouch yeah. for you just because I know the level they're looking for. And I know that, yeah, definitely. And I and I'm willing to put myself on the line for certain friends, mm-hmm. for certain people I truly believe yeah. in, and put my name on the yeah. line. I don't know you yeah. guy who Instagrammed me. Oh, I'm happy to give you some advice, yeah, but I can't introduce you yeah. <laughs> to think, my agent. I think a lot of people 
are very eager to get signed and I feel like a lot of people don't realize that's just half of the work like oh yeah the reason why I didn't like I decided not to sign for a year and I was doing all my bookings myself like yeah yeah doing everything myself and I held out for IMG but while I was doing all those stuff myself I was kind of able to book jobs kind of yeah. start making a bit of a name for myself and start getting interest from these like smaller to bigger agencies and I, I feel yeah. like especially with social media it is a lot easier to kind of brand yourself and kind of do your own thing so if these agencies aren't replying to you or aren't getting back to you or don't want to sign you it's it's, it's all right like yeah. you can still do your own thing and you and can still work well yeah and do that it's funny that people think there's it's this aha moment where they're like, oh, you're just going to introduce me mm-hmm. to the head of IMG. He's going to look at me and be like, <laughs> you're the one. And it's kind of like, a, I know like both you and me, our careers grew very fast. Yeah. But both of us, there wasn't an aha moment where we weren't picked out of a crowd and they're like, you're a model now mm-hmm. and go on. We both worked. We both ended up. We both booked our own work at first. Mm. I was like, I was like, IMG signed me because I already had a couple clients. Yeah, 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 <laughs> like yeah, it, was, yeah. it wasn't just yeah. because I did. I was like, I was already working, and mm-hmm. then I signed with IMG. Yeah. And I like, like you don't go right to the biggest agency. Yeah. You and I were very lucky, and I was like, and I always say that I'm like, we, I got way farther, and there are people who've been working for years and years mm-hmm. and years, and I was very lucky to grow as yeah. quickly as I did. But I still was working on it all. Yeah, my own. definitely. But yeah. Definitely. Um, and I think that's an important part. Like you can't just, you can't just sign whether the agency is big or small. You can't just sign with an agency and just expect for everything to be handed to you. Like you still yeah. obviously have to go to your jobs. You still have to prove yourself. You still have to, you still have to. You still have to go to casting. Yeah, you still have you to still go have to, to casting. Like I'm not, and you know, I, I, I'm not offer only. I still all the time get yeah. friends like, yeah, you have to go to this casting yeah. because it's like. Yeah, because it's you know it's you, you still have to in. do it. Yeah, you, you still have, have to try. It. You have to prove. We're still proving to clients. This industry is still new enough. I'm mm-hmm. like, we're just still proving that this works. Yeah, and that this is beneficial. Yeah, and that they should be using, you know, appropriately sized guys to yeah. model your appropriately sized. Yeah, clothing. definitely. Um, yeah, I f- and I feel like that is a struggle every day. I do because I do get a lot. You you do as well. Get yeah. a lot of messages of people saying like, oh, like I'm. Like you're representing us, like well done, da 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 da. And like, I, I'm a very, like, I'm a very hard worker. Like I try to put everything into what I do. And when I'm on set, whether I'm tired or whatever, like my thought is always, okay, I'm not 100% doing this for myself. Like yeah. I'm doing this for other people. I'm doing this so other people feel represented. And because everyone deserves to see themselves in the brands that they love. Yeah. Um. So that is always a thought that goes through my head when I'm doing this. That I'm not only just doing it for myself, but. You do, you're constantly having to prove yourself. And as you said, the industry is still very new. Mm-hmm. So you're having to sh- prove to people that this is profit. Like, other than just taking good pictures, at the end of the day, everyone wants to make money. Yeah. So you have to show that you cho- you booking me is going to be profitable to your company. Do you know what I mean? And that's, that's kind of like the be all of it. No, I, I mean, as models, I do believe we're artists. We are very creative people. Mm-hmm. But when it really, if you come down to brass tacks, we're salespeople. Yeah. Our job is to sell someone else's mm-hmm. product yeah, as definitely. the model. And the way we do it is by looking, you know, showing people how, what it could look like, mm-hmm. giving them inspiration and all that. But it's almost like the clients that I have that book me regularly, book me regularly because they can tell me to the to the dollar how much money I've translated into mm-hmm. for them. Like, yeah. oh, Zach's ads sell this yeah, much clothing. Yeah, yeah. And that's why we do it. And yeah. I think a lot of a lot of guys forget I'm like, this is a business. Yeah, this is just is. people making money. Mm-hmm. And while 
you know, we've pushed for the idea of, no, you need representation. Mm -hmm. People need to, I tell, I'm like, my whole life would have been different if someone my size was represented in any way as handsome or beautiful Mm -hmm. or desirable or Mm -hmm. valid. My whole life would have been different growing up with that mindset that it was okay to be who I was. And we are pushing that Mm -hmm. and we have to do that. But in order to get these jobs, you just got to get down to brass tacks. You got to go, listen, man. You're being a, you know, this chiseled six pack guy. Yeah. You might sell a couple clothing because guys need it. But uh, I look at that and I, has, I say, I have no idea. Yeah, that guy looks great in that shirt. Yeah, but I don't <laughs> no know what it's going to look like. what it's going to look like on me. Then they show someone like you or me and the person mm-hmm. can go, oh, oh, I that looks it. good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's the way I would wear yeah. it. Okay, cool. Yeah, definitely. And uh, everyone I've worked with has flat out told me, they're like, yeah, we did, everything's started going up since we started using yeah. Perfect. Real models. Yeah, so. perfect. It's good. It's good that um, it's good that people are kind of understanding that a variety of people deserve to be shown in yeah. like the media and shown in these campaigns and in these brands and stuff. And I think shout out to you for being like one of the people at the forefront, kind of trailblazing and kind of opening this door for everyone. Oh, thank to you. No, it's all right. I don't um, <laughs> <laughs> to be able to like like if I think about this five years ago, if anyone told me that you'll be a model and this will be your main career and your main yeah. source of income. Like, I'd be like, you're crazy. But and it's like, because people like you and say Target and Josh and Ivan and all these people and Andrew and all these people that kind of believe in diversity. It's not just, I feel like, especially with IMG, it's not just, it's not just a slogan. It's not just like a, no. it's not like clickbait. It's like IMG puts their money where their mouth yeah, is Yeah, they regularly. genuinely believe yeah. in diversity. And I feel like, especially with someone like Ivan, who is constantly... Talk, like pushing the conversation, talking about these things, like it shows in the brand, it shows in the brand and who they have signed and what they, it's just, yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, no, the, I, I've been so proud to be part of IMG. Yeah, definitely. Because they, they I could be wrong, mm-hmm. but like as of right now, I'm like, I can't think of anyone not represented right now yeah. by IMG. Like any, any, like any subset of like, I can't think of any, race religion yeah. gender sexuality yeah, definitely. size age yeah. you name it it's like img has done everything they can to prove that beauty is not this little yeah. box and it goes all it's been so cool to yeah. be a part of it i meet definitely. like the coolest people yeah so you you and i were at a fashion week party yep. the other day we were <laughs> and um it was very swank have you yeah. been to a fashion week party like that um, before not like not to that level i don't know what london fashion week is yeah, like. yeah. all the parties i've been to um, they're like cool and stuff, but I feel like that party was like next level, full of celebrities. Like yeah. it was crazy, and it was yeah, it was amazing. It was magical. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> but like we're sitting there, and like right away we're talking to you know we're hanging out, we're talking to other curve models. Yeah. Um, you know we're hanging out with like Marquita Pring mm. and Georgina Burke, and like all of a sudden, and then Jillian Mercado shows yeah. up. And Jillian is uh, one of the biggest trailblazers yeah. I know of. And it's, a, I, just, I love those types of parties just because I, I am, I'm just like, who'd have thought like 10 years ago yeah. that all of us yeah, it wouldn't have been would possible. be models at yeah. a fashion party. Yeah, and everyone's true. built such these incredible careers out of it. And then of course, I'm trying to get out of there. You know, we've been there for a couple hours. I'm like, oh, it's try to, <laughs> time to go. Yeah, and I'm like trying to leave, and I say goodbye to everybody, mm-hmm. but it's so crowded, and I yeah. can't get. And all of a sudden, <gasps> I know what you're gonna say. As I'm walking out, 
like just three feet in front of me. Yeah. Nicki Minaj is the just, queen. Nicki Minaj is just <laughs> strutting <laughs> like quick, no delay. She's just strutting straight in, and I'm just like, oh. Hey, it's just like it's just like like walking right towards me because I was in front, and then of course she you know takes a hard left yeah, to the dance yeah. floor, and one of her security guards runs up and like pushes me out of the way. They were crazy, even though I wasn't near her. Yeah. I was like, I was like, she's turning that way. I'm just standing there like, oh hey, that's yeah. Nikki, and some guy like ran up out of nowhere, like, kind of like pushed me aside, yeah. and I was like, what are you doing? She's big I'm, money. I know. <laughs> trying to protect her. At all Yo, costs. it was it was <laughs> great, and then all of, and it, she did she helped me out because mm. literally. It's the f- that was the first time I've seen a lot of celebrities yeah. at these parties. That was the first time where I'd seen an entire room shift. Oh my gosh, it was cool. She Crazy. walked in and every single person yeah. just followed her. Yeah. So it was super easy to I get out. I screamed. Yeah, where were you? You must have been back towards the bar at that point because I was yeah. like trying to get out. What's so crazy is that I think after you left, I was like just still hanging with Josh and we yeah, were talking yeah. and I was like, oh, I think I'm going to leave soon. But something told me not yet no more just yeah. hold out a few minutes and then Nicki Minaj came in and anyone that know like I was saying to, like I love Nicki Minaj like yeah, I yeah. listened to her from when I was young like really young I know like all her lyrics all her verses like it's really embarrassing like, I love <laughs> Nicki Minaj like it's crazy so to actually meet her and she was so nice to me we took a picture it was a dream come true and I was like screaming like shouting at Josh like thank you so much you've made my dream come <laughs> true like, how did you end up getting the picture with her because I know she wasn't taking pictures uh, yeah, like from wasn't. what I understand you were the only person yeah, who got a picture so it's really embarrassing so so she came in and she had a circle of security around her yeah they were um, who was super intense yeah they weren't letting anyone in and she was in the middle dancing to Chun-Li yeah, she went right to the dance yeah, floor like, she was literally like, like dancing in the middle yeah so I'm like no I love Nicki Minaj I need a picture of her she's the queen what what am I going to do to get her attention? So I, st- I started shouting. I was like, yes, Nikki. Like, yes, go off. Da, da, da. And then I was like, okay, I need to get her attention. Then I started, really embarrassingly, started rapping one of her songs from her 2007 mixtape, Playtime. <laughs> <laughs> Playtime, is o- Playtime is over. Um, yeah, so I started rapping that. And then she saw me. And I think she realized that I was rapping one of her 2007 like songs. Like one of like, her, before she was a huge hit. Yeah, exactly. like her first mixtape. So she realized I was a fan. And I was like, Nikki, can I have a picture? She was like, yeah. But the picture we took was actually super blurry. And then I didn't realize at the time that like, the paps were taking a picture of us taking a picture. So Good I got, thing. I got a nice, clearer picture with Nikki. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She was really nice. She didn't have to, like, it was, as a celebrity of her stature, Totally. Like I could fully understand why you wouldn't want to take pictures of people. Like the yeah. whole room went crazy. She was like in a circle of security. It was like being in a zoo. Everyone had their phone. It on was her. nuts. It was people manic. started climbing up on the fountain. Yeah, trying it was to get crazy. Shots. I've never. Crazy. Yeah, I've seen so many celebrities, but I was I'd never seen that yeah. level of just everyone dropping yeah. like moth to a flame. Yeah. People flying yeah. at this one. It person. was crazy, and um, she didn't have to take the picture of me. She didn't have to be nice. Because I think was. if I, yeah, and she was. <laughs> I think if I was a celebrity at that level, like a situation like that would just be way too intense for well, me. Because you're also afraid. You're like, yeah, I'll take a picture with this person, but now the all is the second yeah. I do this, these other four hundred people in this room want a want picture. A picture. Yeah. And what's funny about the IMG party is mm. this wasn't just general public. Like everyone yeah. in there yeah, was yeah. like, <laughs> it's true. Everyone in there was like a high-powered 
whether they were models or yeah, producers or true. agents yeah, or actors, actors or what they were all like really high power yeah. but they're like Nikki! yeah it was crazy <laughs> they just flew. It, was, it was crazy because um when she came in it was like a game of it was just like everyone started whispering like is that nikki is that nikki is that nikki is that nikki and then everyone's head started turning and then like Chun Lee started playing in the back. It was like a whole production. It was crazy. I know. We love Nicki Minaj. I literally, it was the same thing. She walked in and I was talking to people as I was in. I was like, oh, mm. bye. Oh, that's Nicki Minaj. Yeah. <laughs> like, I was yeah. just very like, oh, I but I'd seen, I'd got, it took me a while mm. in New York to get to the point not to freak out yeah. for celebrities. Yeah, 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 yeah. I started seeing a lot of them. Not even just at these uh, cool. Yes, I got to go to these fashion yeah, parties yeah, and see yeah. these cool, but also just in general. Yeah, you do walk see in New York, you'll just people. see famous people. Yeah. So I had to. It took me a couple of years to get used yeah. to like not freaking yeah. out. So I was very like casual, like oh cool, yeah. Nicki Minaj is yeah. here, and then I saw like the energy in the room shift, Change. and I was like, oh, this is different. Yeah, this it was like, crazy. You can't buy. You can't. I've met Rihanna and I've met Nicki, and I think though I've met other celebrities as well, but yeah, those yeah. are the only celebrities I've like freaked out for. The only celebrity I ever freaked out, mm. the two celebrities I freaked out were over were both very weird. Mm. One was David Sedaris because he's my favorite author, and he was Aww. giving a reading, and this was actually in London. Yeah, because um, when I was when I was in London mm. on vacation, I saw he was doing a reading, and oh, nice. he always does a thing. So, but I love him, but he's an author. Yeah, he's just doing a thing, yeah. and I was like. <laughs> couldn't talk to him as he's shaking. signing my book, and I'm shaking, <laughs> and he was really excited because the, the person. I don't know the name of the show. Mm. In, it, you can help me. It's a show in the UK where it's kind of like it's like a trivia show, but they have guests on who are experts in like a certain subject. I want to say university challenge, but I don't think that's Maybe it. Maybe it is. I don't I know. I don't think it is. But they're experts in like one subject. And the girl mm. before me in line was just on the show. Mm -hmm. And her ex her expertise was David Sedaris. Oh, crazy. <laughs> like, so he thought it was yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah. Like her expertise is she's read all of his books a million times yeah, and just yeah. knew everything about him. Bless her. And so he was like, started talking to me about mm. her. And I'm like meeting an idol. And yeah. I'm just like, <laughs> Shaking. And I'm like, sweating. that's cool. That's cool. But I'm happy to see you. <laughs> So him and yeah. then one time um, we're on the street. Mm -hmm. I'm, me and my wife. Uh, bleh, me and my <laughs> wife. Yeah. Um, we're at like Prince Street or something like that. Yeah, we're downtown. Yeah, yeah. And um, all of a sudden Julianne Moore walks by. Oh, and cool. my wife starts freaking out. Yeah. She's like, oh, my God. And then I start being kind of like a douchebag. And yeah. I'm just like, um, she's freaking out that Julianne Moore's walking yeah. by. And I'm like, oh, relax. We're in New York City. Yeah, we see celebrities all the it. time. She's just a regular <laughs> person. And as I'm like, kind of like laying into her for like getting yeah. starstruck at Julianne Moore, I see down the street walking towards me, mm. I see Gordon Ramsay. Oh, do you love Gordon Ramsay? Love Everyone does. It's so oh, crazy. He's one of my favorite people <laughs> ever. So I see Gordon Ramsay walking yeah. towards us. So I'm like in the middle. I'm like, she's just a person. She's just that. Yeah. And then I'm like, uh, ah, Gordon Ramsay, Mr. Ramsay. <laughs> I called him Mr. Ramsay for some reason. Yeah. Like, like when I get overly emotional, I get very proper. Yeah. I don't know why. Like even when I'm angry, like mm -hmm. I curse all the time. Yeah. I have a filthy mouth. Mm -hmm. But when I'm angry, I get very specific and mm -hmm. very proper. Mm -hmm. I don't know why. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But same with I'm highly emotional. So I see him and I'm like, oh, Mr. Ramsey. <laughs> and he like, <laughs> he's by himself. He's not with an entourage. Yeah, right? He's yeah. just walking down the street. And he goes, yes. And I go, can I shake your hand? Oh, and, bless you. And then Gordon Ramsey goes, Yes. And I was like, thank you. And I shook his Aww. hand. And then he goes, thank, thank you. 
and then he just walks away. <laughs> he, he must have been like, he was all like, this is crazy. I know. He was on his way to a restaurant, and yeah. I like just just to eat. Like he was he was literally by himself, yeah. and I was like, oh, he's going to film something. Like no, yeah, I think yeah. he literally just going to grab a bite to eat. And then the next week, I went to that restaurant immediately. Oh, nice. just, yeah, because it's got the Gordon Ramsay. I was like, Gordon Ramsay ate there. I'm gonna go. But I was like, I don't even know if he liked it. Yeah, <laughs> just grab. He could have just like grabbed a meal and been like, ugh, this, yeah, is, this gross. is gross. Imagine working in a restaurant with Gordon Ramsay coming in. I know, just freaking out. But it, it's, yeah, it's fun. Celebrity status in New York is is way, way different. It's it's, you get used to it. And LA is the same way. But I feel like in New York, it's more New York. It's more you see people. LA, you see people at a restaurant. You do yeah. this. New York, even celebrities. <laughs> Everyone walks everywhere. So yeah. when you see people, they're like waiting for the crosswalk to change yeah, or something it's crazy. like that. Just I, bumping into I went celebs. through a period where I bumped into Nigel Barker, the photographer, okay. mm. every day. Like Casually. for like for like two weeks. Mm. We were just have I was like working in an area yeah. and he must live in that area. Mm. And this is when he was still on Top Model. So yeah, like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was super excited yeah. to see him. And then it got to the point where I'm like, there he fu- he's following yeah. me. He's here Michael every Can season. you stop following me, Michael? I know. <laughs> it is so funny. So what's 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 next? So you're 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 you know, you're with both London and yeah. New York. Yeah. I hate this question, what's mm. next? Because people ask me and I'm like, I don't I really don't know. know. So what I really mean is like what is it what would you love for the next step to be? Because you're modeling, like, I know for me is, I haven't done, like, a full, huge campaign yet. That's, like, my next big goal Mm -hmm. is to do, like, a big-ass campaign. Oh, okay. Well, work-wise, yeah. well, I've kind of done everything. The next thing that I really want to do is I want to cover by 2019. Yeah. I want to cover. And I know what magazine I really want, but I'm not going to say because I don't want to jinx it. But um, it will happen. Everything like everything that I've wanted to happen career wise has has happened. Yeah. Um. So far, like I really believe in just like manifesting and like positive. Oh, totally. And, like, Same here. Putting things in the universe, and the last one of the last things that I've got on my current checklist is a cover, and I will have one. Oh, you're by 2019. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I will. By God's grace, I'll have a cover. But I think wider. I think as we were talking before, like. I don't just want to be a model that takes yeah. good pictures and stuff. I, I'm like, I'm really passionate about like men's mental health. Totally. Um, especially Absolutely. like in, I don't know how that's what the statistics are over here, but I know in the UK, um, like suicide is one of the biggest killers for guys on the age of 35, I believe. And there's clearly an Same issue here. there. Yeah. Oh, there's yeah. clearly an issue there. And um, I really want to kind of get into that and start like, um, coming up with like creative PSAs and just kind of creating a movement where guys kind of feel comfortable to talk about like mental health and just creating like a safe space for guys to talk about how they're feeling and I think that's wonderful and I, th- yeah. I think like you and I or not just you and I but like I think what's really good about the whole brawn movement and the body positivity movement mm-hmm. is this is one of those subjects yeah that really hurt a lot of guys mm, growing up definitely. was not feeling comfortable in yeah. who they were, not feeling desirable, not feeling handsome, mm-hmm. feeling fat, feeling bad about yeah, themselves. Yeah. And I think a lot of the times, you know, I just needed, I wanted to change, I wanted to do all these things. Yeah. But if I think back, I'm like, if someone just told me it was okay, yeah, I think that's all fine. I really needed. Yeah, I think, um, especially when it comes to body, body positivity with men, I think it is... I think it is a big 
it is a big issue um yeah for straight and gay men i know i know there's a lot going on that like, in the gay community where people feel like they need to be a certain size and a certain well, muscle even, mass and even stuff grinders like that. doing a whole campaign oh right kinda now, the kinder thing yeah, 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 where yeah they're I've just seen that literally just trying to be like stop being dicks yeah. to each other yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah it's crazy um but yeah i do think that is a it's one of those things where it's a big issue but it won't be solved overnight and i think no, especially like all. with us and our job i think we are part of the people kind of spearheading the movement of acceptance and kind of opening the doors yeah. like i feel like because I model now, like a lot of people that would never think about modeling now feel like they could potentially do it or now they feel beautiful. Um, so I feel like there's a change coming. It will take a little while, um, but I feel that is the big massive conversation and yeah. body positivity. And I feel like it is still very new and it is still very recent, but I feel like give it a few years and I feel like it will it will change and people start accepting. Absolutely. How much do you, of like, because I, I believe this, of, the decline in men's in general and mental mm-hmm. health do you think is because of this whole f- idea of what a man is supposed to be um i think i think that plays a big part i think just what people want men to be and how be people believe they should act i think that plays a big part um i believe that when you think about like the I, the traditional ideals of how a man should act, I, I still do feel like they vary depending on race. I feel yeah. like <clears throat> when you look at like high profile celebrities, especially like white males or the gay or whatever, you've got a load of them. But I feel like especially with black males, there's still a particular ideal or structure that they want you to fit in to be like an entertainer, to be a celebrity or to be not so much a model, but to be a high profile celebrity, like you need to be masculine, you need to be all these other things. And I feel like we've seen acceptance for different kind of men um, translate, especially with with white guys, but we haven't seen it translate with other minority groups like black, Latin and other people like that. Um, Because I do know a few... I do know a few people that are kind of scared to like kind of come out and live in their truth because they're Even scared. Now, yeah. yeah, they're scared that them living in their truth will affect their like employment, employment prospects because they know that even if you like, not to get deep, but even if you take like movies for instance, like yeah. black guys are usually shown to be like the aggressor, the macho man, stuff yeah. like that. Whereas when you look at movies that have like white leads there's like a array of different types of males that are portrayed in these films and say a guy a black a black actor coming out as gay or coming out as bi or whatever that could potentially affect his his like job prospects because you're no longer seen as that quote marks masculine guy that they want to portray in the movie do you know what i mean no i totally do Mm. i mean there was a big um a, a big story last year. Mm-hmm. So there's a football player who mm-hmm. plays for the New York Giants. And okay. His name is Odell Beckham Jr. Oh, okay, yeah, I know. And, and he's great. And people are a lot of his coverage mm-hmm. la- for a while mm-hmm. was over what his sexuality was mm-hmm. because he or who he was because he was not portraying himself as a macho straight yeah. guy. And it was yeah. literally just because he danced. Yeah. It, it was as simple as yeah. that. Is he had videos on his Instagram yeah. dancing. Yeah. And everyone's just like, well, this isn't right. And this isn't. And it's, it's, it's I just remember thinking it was so interesting because culturally, mm-hmm. I think you're right. I think mm-hmm. um, 
at least in city centers and whatnot, mm. white men are allowed to explore who they yeah, are yeah. more closely. Yeah. Because I, re- I just remember being like, he's not the whole, his masculinity was brought into question all the time, mm. literally because he liked to dance yeah. and there was no other real reason yeah. other than he liked to yeah. dance that his manness was constantly yeah. being questioned. Yeah. Cause they've got a set of ideals of how they want, um, how they want black guys to act and how they believe black guys should act. Um, I remember there's a TV show called Insecure and I remember um, on season one, Molly, one of the characters, didn't want to see a guy anymore because he said he had a sexual experience with another guy. And she was like, no, he's gay, like he must be gay, like da 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 da. And then the group of friends all had a conversation and Issa, she was saying that if it was a white guy that had said exactly the same thing to you, you would have just you would have just like chopped up to the game, like you wouldn't have thought anything of it. But because it's, it's a black guy and you've got certain ideals of how you believe masculine black guys should act, you can't accept that. Like you can't accept that. You can't accept a a, a black guy that's liberal and free thinking and is willing to like explore himself and his sexuality and things like that because. Society as a whole tells you that these guys should be acting a particular way. And I think kind of going back to like mental health, like imagine wanting to cry or imagine feeling some type of way about a situation or wanting to express yourself and just wanting to try and try and find yourself. But you're kind of scared of being shunned, not only by society, but like friends, family, like it's that, trying to explore yourself. Like man up mentality. Yeah. Really? Like it's, it's, it's crazy. I feel like you need to allow you, well, to be honest, I don't need to sound like men have all the problems, but you need you need to allow men to kind of be soft and to kind of just be yeah. one with their emotions. Like you can't can like there's clearly an issue going on. That's the fact that suicide is the biggest killer for men under the age of forty or thirty five. I can't remember yeah. the exact. Like there's clearly an issue. We can't keep putting guys in these boxes and telling them that they need to be the same way and they need to act a certain way. Like we need to we need to start just allowing guys to just feel themselves more and be, uh, just give them room to explore themselves and be themselves without judgment or assuming that they're this way or that way or less of a man because they're doing this or, yeah. I think I that agree. does play a big part in mental health issues for oh, men. I think, and, and being able to find out who you are mm-hmm. on your own mm-hmm. is, it, it would relieve so much, pro- like I, I firmly believe that you can trace so many people's so many problems in this yeah. world can get traced back to what someone's self-esteem was mm-hmm. at one point, especially with men, because like, it's, sadly we do live in a male driven society yeah, we do. and <laughs> I feel like if we can get men to, to accept who they are and, and, and have a better self worth from a young age, a lot of what they do is projecting themselves onto other people. Yeah. And we go out and we have this, we have a violent society because of mm-hmm. it. And I'm like, if we can make young guys, young b- boys from mm. an early age learn it's okay to explore, it's yeah. okay to make mistakes, mm. it's okay to try things, it's yeah. okay to go outside whatever the conformity are. And yeah. really, it's okay to love yourself and have self worth mm-hmm. and want Definitely. to change and want to do anything. Yeah. I feel like. That's a start of so much. Yeah, I think definitely. I think it's just, um, I think it's just more, uh, we just need to teach, guys need to be taught like emotional intelligence um, and just kind of understanding certain feelings. That's a good way of putting it, yeah. Yeah, just, 
um, they need to be able to understand certain feelings and how to process certain thoughts. This is why I'm an advocate for therapy. I feel like everyone should go to therapy. Totally. Um, a lot of people, I remember I met a guy the other day on set, he was like, oh, I don't need to go therapy, it's fine. Like, so I feel like therapy is for everyone. Therapy kind of gives you the tools to deal with like day-to-day situations and yeah. kind of just, like you get to speak about problems with a third party person who doesn't really know you, who has no judgment, who has no like yeah. ill intent. Um, and they you're not gonna tell them like I fi- you just tell them like you know the other day I felt you know terrible about this that or the yeah. other and they don't have that same judgment of like yeah. oh well last week you did this it's kind of yeah, like yeah. no I just need I need definitely someone it's it's a lot of people just need people to talk yeah. to sometimes and even um, I feel like therapy really helps understanding like yourself as well um, yeah. like it doesn't even need to be it doesn't always you don't need to have a problem in order to go to therapy like I'll go like I go to therapy and I'll go to my therapist and just be like I texted this person they didn't text back I feel this type of like just yeah. venting about just everyday yeah. stuff and just kind of acquiring the skills to kind of just deal with everyday life because life isn't Life is hard, especially when you're living yeah. in a city like New York or totally. in a city like London. Like life is hard, so I feel like you do need people to talk to and people to trained professionals to kind of point you in the direction to have a healthy, happy life. Like the same way that people will regularly go to the gym in mm-hmm. order to maintain like their physical fitness. I feel like you need to speak to someone or go to like a trained professional to keep your mental fitness on par as well. Absolutely. Yeah. I love that. Namar, thank you so much. Thank you for having for me. talking to me. This is so Yay. much fun. This is so much fun. I'm, and it's an honor to thank you. be on the same board as you, man. It's so <laughs> much <you>. fun. <laughs> awesome. Um, everyone, please follow Namar on all the social medias. Yeah. Um, is there an, it's King at King Parchment. Yeah, is King there an Parchment underscore? on Instagram. No, just King no, Parchment. No, so at King Parchment. Yeah. P-A-R-C-H-M-E-N-T. Perfect, yeah. Yeah, look at me. <laughs> awesome. Um, thank you so much, man. Thank you for having me. I can't me. wait to watch your career to keep you too. exploding. You Love too. it. All right, we'll talk to you soon. Thank you. Amazing. Love Namar. He's an amazing guy. He's an amazing model, an amazing advocate, and it's an honor to work alongside him. Please follow Namar on all the social medias. Please follow us on social media at Zach Miko, Z-A-C-H-M-I-K-O, on Facebook at Facebook.com slash BigThingsPod at our own website, BigThingsPod.com. Email us at Zach at BigThingsPod.com and Josh at BigThingsPod.com. Thank you all so much. Enjoy your fall, and I love you all. And until next week, go out into the world and do big things.